Well, we're going to uh, consider uh, some of the passages we've looked at, uh, and also uh, a little um, a bit from Matthew's Gospel as well. But Christmas is an important time of the year to most people. It's celebrated throughout the world in some form or another. Uh, but we can lose sight of what it's all about sometimes in, in the hustle and, and the bustle. And, and sometimes even as Christians, we can become so familiar with the story that we fail to be amazed at the reality of what actually happened that first Christmas. It's, it's a very nice story. It, it touches the hearts of people. Uh, a story of... Uh, how this young woman has to travel, has to leave her home. Uh, she's heavily pregnant. Uh, and Caesar decides he's going to take a census of the whole empire. And so uh, they have to return to their own hometowns to be counted. And they, they have to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem because uh, they are descendants of David. Uh, and Mary uh, uh, is travelling, and uh, while they are there, while they've gone there, the baby was born, and it's born in a stable, because there's no room anywhere else for them to stay, because everybody has moved to the different towns. It's a boy, we're told, and she wraps him in strips of cloth, and she lays him in a manger. Uh, and uh, then we have the story which we've read of the shepherds, looking after their sheep, and the angel appears to them uh, and tells them there's news. News for them, and news for all people that would cause great joy. Today a child who was born who was a saviour, Christ the Lord. Uh, This baby had been born in Bethlehem, and they were to go and find him. They'd know who it was because he was lying in a manger. He didn't look any different from any other child. He didn't have, uh, as we see in some pictures, uh, a a little halo over his head. He wasn't glowing. He was a baby, an ordinary baby in one sense. In another sense, he was far greater than that. And he's been born, and we're told of the great company of angels who praised God uh, and uh, worshipped God. And glory to God in the highest on earth, peace the men. It's familiar. And uh, we know it so well. It's lovely and people like the story. But there's more to see. And there's more to be amazing at this story uh, than a star that led the wise men or angels that appeared to the shepherds. What is the most amazing thing about Christmas is that the eternal God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, became a man. I want us to think about that and how uh, it all is brought together. And the first thing in this is God's sovereignty. God is in control. God is overruling. He rules in heaven and on earth. 
Sometimes we can lose sight of that. But we see God's sovereignty in bringing to fulfillment the plan and the prophecies that he, he's declared in the Old Testament. We see his plan in the timing of the birth. God planned the time. He planned the day, the month, and the year. They were all set by God. It's a date that split history. Until recently, uh, when those who uh, don't want to uh, listen to what God says, those who who deny God, uh, decided they would change it, we had uh, two date systems. We had B.C., we had A.D., before Christ, uh, and Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. Man has tried to escape uh, the fact that uh, Christ has split history, that God is in control here. God created time. God orders time. And we're told in Galatians 4 that when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law. In the fullness of time. It's God's time, not our time. We can change descriptions, we can change titles, but God is in control of time. And whether people like it or not, there is a before Christ and there is an after Christ. Then we see also uh, his sovereignty in the choice of Mary. Mary wasn't special. Some people think she is, and some people worship her. She wasn't special. She was no different to many young women of the time. She was a descendant of David, but there were many descendants of David. She was a Jew. There were many Jews. But God, in his grace, chose her. It's prophesied in Isaiah 7. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. It's not about, in one sense, it's not about Mary. It's about what God is doing. And it's about uh, the son, the Emmanuel, God with us. Then God is sovereign in terms of the place of birth. God had told his people where the Messiah was to be born. He was to be born in Bethlehem. But you, Bethlehem Ephrata, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. God planned the place of his birth. Well, how was that going to happen? Well, God ordered things so that Mary and Joseph would be in Bethlehem at this time to fulfill that prophecy. They didn't live in Bethlehem. But he put it into the mind of Caesar. An amazing. Caesar, the ruler of the the world, the, the, the great empire of the time. God put it in his mind to order the census. It shows his control over the affairs of men. There are no accidents. There are no coincidences with God. 
God is in control of this pandemic. It'll be over when God determines it will be over. We pray that it might be soon. But God is in control. And it was no accident or coincidence that this census was called at this time. God had planned it in eternity, before the world was made. And he revealed to his prophets hundreds of years before so that we might believe his word. All planned. All worked out. And in God's sovereignty, he planned it in eternity and he accomplished it in time. So we see God's sovereignty in the birth of the the Lord Jesus. We see the humbleness of his birth. He was born in a stable. The picture we have of the nativity is uh, very strange. We look at uh, Christmas cards and other pictures uh, and, and it's so nice. And it's sentimental. And, and the animals are looking on and, and they're all nicely groomed. And it's a lovely, nice, clean, airy place. There's a light shining. And I'm sure none of us would mind too much being born there with, with, uh, in such a situation. But the reality is very different. There's nothing nice or romantic about it. It was cold. It was a damp dark place and the Lord Jesus was not in a nice crib but he was in one of the troughs the animals fed from and sometimes we lose sight of that that that, uh, the great God who came into this world was born in this stable in John 1 we're told in the beginning was the word the word was with God and the word was God He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And Jesus Christ, this little baby who came into the world, was the creator of all things. He was the ruler of the universe. King of kings. Lord of lords. The one who from eternity had lived in light unapproachable. He'd been worshipped by countless hosts of angels. And here he is. He's now lying as a helpless baby in a smelly stable in a sinful world. John 1 again. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We've seen his glory as of the only son of the father, full of grace and truth. It wasn't accidental. He wasn't forced into it. He came willingly. Here he is. He's a ruler over all. And he becomes nothing. Philippians 2 tells us this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery, or did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, becoming and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. He became obedient to the point of death, even death 
of the cross. He made himself nothing. He humbled himself. What a glorious condescension this is. To come down in such a way. We have his sovereignty. We have the humbleness of his birth. This great God becoming a man. And then we have the announcement. And it wasn't in the local newspaper. It wasn't on Facebook or social media. In fact, it wasn't made by any man. The first announcement of his birth was in the heavens itself. Dave touched on it yesterday. Uh, he who, who made the stars was proclaimed by his own creation. He was declared to be a king. A star announced his birth to the wise men and led them to him. Matthew 2, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. He created the stars and the stars declare him. His birth was not only announced in the heavens, it was also announced on earth. Angels appeared on earth to announce his birth. And whereas the star appeared to the, the wise men, the rich men, uh, the, the, the educated men, the, the angels appeared not to the rich and mighty, but to poor shepherds. Uh, and it emphasizes the news that this news is for all people. Fear not, I be, behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Not just the well-to-do, not just the religious people. But these poor shepherds out in the fields, in the cold at night. It's for them. And there's news. And it's news of great joy. So what is this news? Well, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Jesus is declared to be God's promised Messiah. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. He's the one who's been promised from uh, the beginning of time. We have the first mention of him in the early chapters of Genesis as the one who's going to crush Satan's head. He's the saviour of all men. The name Jesus means saviour. Jehovah is our salvation. It's the New Testament version of Joshua, who was a picture of, uh, of Jesus, who delivered God's people. But Jesus delivers from sin. And that's, the joy, that's why it's joyous news. There is one to save us from sin, and its consequences. Jesus has come for this reason, and for this reason alone. Sin has spoiled God's perfect world. Sin has separated us from a, a holy God. Sin leads to death. The wages of sin is death. Sin came in with Adam and Eve. Death came. Before Adam and Eve sinned, there was no death. 
But with them, we have both physical death and spiritual death. And the wage of sin is death. That's why people die. It's not because they've done anything particularly wrong. God doesn't punish us and say, well, you do this, therefore you die now. Death has come. Death is the result of that first sin. Death came upon all. But we praise God that there is a saviour. And the wage of sin is death. The consequences of sin is death, spiritual death. The gift of God is life. Not just here and now, but the gift of God is eternal life. 1 Timothy, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. There's an announcement there. It's an announcement we all need to take notice of. It's an important announcement. And that's what Christmas is all about. Unto you is born this day a saviour. We need a saviour. Because we are sinners. And sin leads to death. And sin leads to hell. We don't like to talk about hell. Hell isn't mentioned very much in, in our day. We don't like the idea of it. The thought of uh, punishment. People like to think of God. God is a God of love. We praise God. He is. He's a God of love. And it doesn't matter. In the end, well, we'll all be okay. That's not what the Bible says. There is death. There is hell. And uh, it's an awful, awful thought. Separation from God. Separation from all that's good for eternity. Eternal punishment. But praise God, there's also eternal life to all who come to him. And then the shepherd's response. The shepherds are amazed at what they've heard. And they go to see what's happening. And having found it to be true, we're told they couldn't keep the news to themselves. They went out, they told everyone what they had heard, what they'd seen. They returned to their flocks and continued to praise God for what they'd seen. For those of us who are Christians, what an example they are to us. Isn't it sad that we can sometimes no longer be amazed of what we've heard and what we've seen. We can no longer be amazed at what God has done for us. How we can no longer be amazed that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Are we rejoicing in our Saviour this Christmas? Are we glorifying God and making the real meaning of Christmas known? Isn't it sad that that all seems to have been lost in the world in which we live? 
are we showing forth the Lord Jesus Christ in our lives day by day? In that sense, we are celebrating Christmas every day if we live for him and show him to all we come into contact with. And then maybe there are people here who are listening, who don't really know the true meaning of Christmas. It's never, they might know it in their minds, but it's never affected their hearts. And, and what about you today? God commands all men everywhere to re- repent. The Bible tells us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Not just some. It's not just those who are the murderers or the thieves or, or the, the, those who behave uh, badly. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all failed to, to live up to God's standards. And so God commands all men everywhere to repent. It means to turn away from their sins. To turn back to the Lord Jesus Christ and trust him as their saviour. The one who is Christ the Lord. The question for all of us. Have you experienced the reality of Christmas in your life? You've heard the story many times. You've celebrated Christmas all your life. You sing the songs, you've sung the carols, you know the words, you know the story. You give your gifts in remembrance of the greatest gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. But have you received the greatest gift of all? And that's the gift of life in him. Have you trusted in the Lord Jesus as your saviour. Because that's your only hope. Without that, there, there is nothing. But we praise God that uh, he sent his son, that we might have life, and we might have it to the full. That's what being a Christian is, is to have life to the full, here and now, but also in the life to come. And there is a life to come, Death isn't the end. Praise God. We're told that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead. He's alive. And we're told he's a token. He's the first fruits for all who follow him, all who trust in him. Because he lives, we will live. And we can have rejoice in that. We have this wonderful gift. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Have you believed? Have you trusted? And if you have, you live in the reality of Christmas day by day. Pray that God would help each one of us uh, to think upon these things uh, and to, to look to him and trust in him in all things.